This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You are listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. It's season number two. It's episode 66, Cubs and Brewers winning streak. Don't forget to listen, download, review, and most importantly, subscribe to the podcast. Follow us on the socials, Fly the W670 on Twitter, Instagram, and of course, Fly the W on Facebook. Also, you can email Crowley and I at flythew670 at gmail.com. All right, Crowley, let's get into it. Uh, we both predicted that the Cubs would win two out of three. We just had a different two out of three games, but let's get into game one. That had Jamison Tyone starting in it. Yeah, that was the game I went to, you know, and I was excited because it was wrestling night. And so I'm at the game. Get get Look at this, Dustin. This is for the people that are subscribing to the uh, Scores YouTube channel. That's me uh, and my friend William. He's got a Lucha Librador mask and some belts. I was going to ask you how to say that. Okay, say that again. Lucha Libre. Lucha Libre. Okay, yeah. very cool. And so these are some Hulkamaniacs I found there and they had a wrestling ring set up in Gallagher way. And so they literally had Lucha Libre. These guys are wrestling. They're flying around. They're jumping out of the ring. They're having a battle Royal all there. And then I did get it. I said, I would show it to the listeners. Here he is. Ooh, the Hulk Hogan Clark bobblehead. <laughs> this thing is a little ring right there. It, it, it is absolutely glorious. And not only that, you know, how many, dressed up how on many the field like cub, that. How many Cub-related bobbleheads do, do you own, Crowley? Oh, Cubs? I got over 200 and something. I have no, it's, it's a, I mean, that's, that's an off-season show. Maybe I'll just get a, like someone to tape it, and we can just go through them because it is a massive – I mean, I got them all over. 200, two, 200 plus Cub-related bobbleheads? Let's see if you can kind of see back there. That whole oh, shelf is entirely filled with it. And there's like more back here behind me. I don't know if you can see some of these guys. And when did when did that start? When did those bobbleheads start getting collected? We're going off track here, but that's okay. Right. It's it was live, about... live podcasting. <laughs> it's, it was, I think it was uh, 2001 was the first. It was a Sammy Sosa uh, with an Eckridge Farm sticker on his helmet. That was number one in 2001. And Very so cool. I, I, I have every Cubs uh, bobblehead that they've released at Wrigley Field. Every single one. I'm not missing any. Nice. All right. So, Very cool. I love it. 
You know, All right, so it, let's get out. So we're going to blame you then for game number one, not going the Cubs way. Hmm? Well, I will tell you, I said my prayers and took my vitamins like Hulk Hogan used to tell me. <laughs> I just don't know if Jamison Tyone did. Um, that was absolutely crazy. The third pitch of the game, Christian Yelich hits a 416-foot home run to left center. It was weird because in, that, in this game, the ball was flying. If you hit it in this one area, like right in between the old scoreboard and the new scoreboard in left field, and it just hit that and just absolutely went flying. After the homer, Tyone got William Contreras to strike out, but Sal Freelich singled, and then Willie Adamas singled to Dansby, who committed an uncharacteristic throwing error. Yeah. Everyone's safe and moved up 90 feet. Runners on second, third with one out. Rowdy Telesma hit a sack fly to make it two to nothing. And then Mark Cano, who's a recent pickup for the Brewers, hit a two-run homer to left center in the same spot pretty much. And before the Cubs even had a chance to bat, they were down four to nothing. So yeah, very it went really quick. They got down really quick and um, really aggravating, really aggravating from my standpoint, being at home. Crowley, that was a really tough game to swallow. Yeah, you know, and, and, and I'm thinking maybe the Cubs can come back in the bottom of the first. Ian hits a solo home run to make it four to one. All three home runs in the same spot. So I'm just thinking this is going to be a higher scoring game. In the second inning with two outs, Christian Yelich singled on a ground ball to Nico, but he threw the ball away. Yelich advanced to second. William Contreras would make the Cubs pay by hitting a single to make the score five to one. Cubs would make it five to two with the Patrick Wisdom home run. And then Tyone was able to give, you know, the only good thing is Tyone was able to give manager David Ross some length. He went six innings and he gave up five runs, four were earned with six K's and no walks. But the two long balls he gave up in the first were too much to overcome. The Brewers would add one more off uh, in the seventh off Drew Smiley, who gave up a double to William Contreras and Willie Adamas. And so that would make it six to two. And that's the final score. But when you talk about disappointing, Dustin, two runs and four, you know, two home runs and four, you know, in, in four runs in the first inning. And then airs by Dansby Swanson and Nico Horner in the same game. Something you don't see very often, if at all. I, I mean, I, I, I would bet that that has not happened yet this year. It was, right? uh, yeah, you're just scratching that your both head. Guy, that both guys ha had that. Um, right. And the Brewers. All, four of the runs the Brewers scored were with two outs. They were three for right. six with runners say, in another, scoring position. A lot of bad, a lot of bad luck in that game. And the other thing is, the Brewers played excellent defense in that game. Right? The no air, they, they just played a tight, crisp game, and that is kind of the blueprint for how to win in the National League Central right now. Right, and and the offense was just bad. You know, they had the two solo home runs, but they only had five hits, Dustin. Two solo home runs and three other singles. They didn't have uh, two runners on base in a single inning. That's not how you win a ball game, Crowley. That is not how to do it. And you know, and the the other thing is, what what is going on? We had um, Tommy Hadi on today, and we were trying to be positive because of Jordan Wicks, and we're going to talk about what happened in game number two in a couple of minutes. But what is going on with the Cubs pitchers in the first inning? What do you think that's about? I mean, it, it, it's it's something that it's all, you know, I think a lot of pitchers, but like the better the pitcher you are, usually that's going to be your only chance to get them is in the first inning. You know, same thing today in game three. So I think it just sometimes it takes guys a little while to kind of find the rhythm, find the find the place. But, you know, the Cubs just seem to kind of it seems to bite them a little bit more. One more thing before we move into game two, and I don't remember if we talked about this on the air or between Mully, Haw, and I, but I wanted to ask you because I know you were at the game. From my vantage point on my couch back there, um, it looked pretty empty for the first two innings. It looked like there 
you know, the seats, at least down low, were not filled. I'm sure you were there on time, as you always are, even early. Uh, was there later on, the, the game was packed. I mean, right. it didn't seem like there was a seat to be had. But early on, it seemed like it was a late arriving crowd. And I wonder if that had any kind of an effect. I don't think so. That happens every now and then you'll see it like, you know, some people still kind of straggling to get in and, you know, some people wait until the last minute and then it gets crowded with the lines to get in. They had this. So the bobblehead, you had to and get the it. Like at the, head, the at wrestling. The, yep. So mm-hmm. yeah, the bobblehead is at the corner of Gallagher way um, kind of by the brick house tavern. So it's not one you okay. walk in when you get in a gate. So you have to wait in line. And if you get there too late, you're stuck in line. So there's probably gotcha. a couple factors, but I don't think that, you know, really Tyone just hasn't been good enough this year and he needs to improve. All right, game number two, we had a uh, playoff-type pitching matchup between Justin Steele and Corbin Burns. Yeah, this was the one we had circle, ace versus ace, Steele versus Burns. All I can say is, Dustin, Justin Steele answered the bell. Now, the first few innings were very dicey for Steele and the Cubs. In the first, the Brewers had runners at second and third with only one out, but Steele got Willie Adamas to line out to Nico Horner and struck out Andrew Montessario to end the threat. But Dustin, he threw 29 pitches in that first inning, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, he's I thought he was gassed. I thought he was going to be gassed. Then, with one out in the second inning, Victor Caratini, whose name always seems to pop up in these series now, (laughs) hits a 100-mile-per-hour line drive that hits Steele right above the knee. Dustin, could you imagine how much pain that must – I can't even fathom it. Yeah, it, it uh, I was on the radio at that point. Pat and Ron were doing a great job. And then I heard Ross post game talking about that. Luckily, it hit a very fleshy area <laughs> on on Justin Steele. So it didn't hit the bone. It was fleshy. I, I laughed every time Ross said fleshy as I played those clips this morning on the score in the pregame show. I mean, it was unreal. The trainer and Ross, they do come out to look with them, determined good to go. And somehow through that pain, he must have been feeling, because I don't care bone or flesh. I guarantee you, he's got a massive wealth on there. Oh, yeah. Uh, he pitched six innings of shutout ball. He gave up six hits, one walk, and eight Ks. Now, just something I want to keep in the back of Cub fans' heads. Mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, his next yep. start, but 111 pitches. He's always have thrown. to keep an eye on that, right? Yep. Anytime you go over 100, you're worried about the next outing. Especially him. He doesn't do it that often. And, and, and he's, you know, throwing more innings than he has forever. So, I mean, just something to kind of circle for his next start, but Corbin Burns was just as good as Steele. The Cubs only run came in the bottom of the first and one out. Nico was hit by a pitch. Ian Happ doubled and Cody Bellinger hit an RBI ground out to give the Cubs a one nothing lead. That would be the only run scored in the game. The Cubs were 0 for 7 with runners in scoring position. Burns went seven innings, giving up one run on eight hits with two walks and seven Ks. Dustin, this truly was a playoff-type atmosphere from the aces on the mound, the low-scoring game, and phenomenal defense by both teams. Both teams. Both teams. Glad you're pointing that out. Both teams play phenomenal defense. I talked about that when we talked about game number one. That's the blueprint, and the Cubs played great defense in that one last night. They were able to match the Brewers defensively, which they were. They weren't in game one. Um, you know, Heimer Candelario had a great double play to end the inning in the top of the fifth. Ian Hab, Rob Tyrone, Taylor of extra bases, making a sensational catch in the Ivy. In the eighth, with Christian Yelich on first and William Contreras at the plate, Jan Gomes guns down Yelich trying to steal second. He, he's, a, he's a great uh, base stealer, Yelich is, and, and that was just so important at that moment. And, and how about the bullpen? You know, Leiter pitched one inning and gave up no hits or walks. Yeah. 
Merriweather was great. Yep. Yes, yes, he was great. He gave up one single to Yelich. That's it. And then Elzlai didn't give up a bunt or a hit. Dustin, we finally got what we were looking for. Elzlai had a song come on, Belly Dancer by B-Y-O-R and Imamben. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, I'm going to look that one up, Carly. They're not on my uh, they're not on my playlist. Also, we have to give credit, right, to uh, to the catcher, right, and a great uh, a great tag by Nico Horner. So Jan mm-hmm. Gomes and Nico Horner nailing Yelich uh, when he was stealing, big time, big and time I, play in that game, big time play. When you looked at the lineup, when you looked at the pitcher on the mound, and you looked at the bullpen usage, that's exactly how Rossi would draw it up in a playoff game. All right, so at that point, the Cubs have ended a nine-game winning streak by the Brewers. We had talked about last week about, you know, the Cubs were in a good position while the Brewers had a bunch of tough opponents, and they took care of them. So now it's less than 24 hours. It's Wednesday afternoon. It's game number three. It's Kyle Hendricks. It's Brandon Woodruff. Yeah, if you listen to the last podcast, this is where I was very nervous because, one, Kyle Hendricks gives up a couple runs, usually two or three runs in the first couple innings, and the Cubs can't hit Brandon Woodruff. And so this is the one that I kind of why I thought the Brewers were going to take two or three. I didn't like game one and I didn't like game three. Game two is the one I felt the Cubs had a chance in. They've been able to hit Burns lately. But, you know, the Cubs got on the board first. Talkman started off with a leadoff walk and then Nico was hit by a pitch with two on and no outs. Ian Happ hit a double to score Talkman. And the Cubs had runners at second and third with no outs. Dansby would hit a would would, would hit a sack fly to uh, score, uh, and the uh, Nico to give the Cubs a two nothing lead. I mean that was absolutely huge. So uh, Hap scores uh, Talkman on the double, and then Dansby with the sack fly. So the the Cubs are up early. Now the Brewers got to run back when Christian Yelich hit a dribbler, literally dusting two feet. Hendricks should have pocketed, but he threw it away. So that led to a two base error. Now that then, was a terrible throw, but and I know you you know you and I have different types of schedules. I was in front of the television for almost every pitch of that game. If I wasn't in front of the TV, I had Pat and Ron going. Um, you know, Bellinger didn't have a great game today. It's the first no. time I've been hmm, Bellinger, hmm, Bellinger. Um, not not a great game at all. And I was wondering, should he have had a little bit of a target up? I mean, yeah, it's it wouldn't have mattered, maybe, but I just wondered. He kind of he got in position to catch a ball, but he gave the pitcher no target. And listen, Hendricks definitely, definitely rushed that throw. There's no question about that. It's just the first time, and we'll get into more of it. But the first time that you kind of question Bellinger, his his best position, his best position is obviously center field. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, these are, these are things that, you know, I'm sure someone's going to pull them aside and talk to him, be like, you know, not even a big thing, but Hey, just so you know, but you know, that, that error, William would come back to haunt him because William Contreras would hit a single to make it two that to guy, one. Huh? Boy, was he aggravating in this series. We warned you about him. He's, he's a really good player. He's a, you know, he's a guy that can hit Andy, Andy frames better than his brother does. So I mean, you guys, everyone knows how Wilson. And he's a piss ant. I mean, he kind of likes to stir it up. He's a pot stirrer. 
Oh yeah, just like his brother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Apple don't fall far from the tree on that one, but uh, that was all the runs that Kyle would give up. You know, he went six innings and held the Brewers to one earned uh, one earned run on four hits. Um, but Hendricks, Dustin, has made quality starts in six of his last nine outings. I mean, th- that's what you need, you know. You can't. You got to be thrilled that he's on your roster, that he's part of your rotation. He's uh, he's been really good. Do you know exactly? I'm going to ask you this question, and I, I don't care if it's embarrassing or not. You're going to know the answer. I'm guessing. If not, we can edit it out of the podcast, Carl. It's fine. <laughs> um, so it just makes me laugh. You know, we talk about Kyle Hendricks, and he's the he's the professor, right? And he's you know he barely has a pulse, and he's just so calm, cool, and collective. What is he doing? He's got the pitch com on his belt. He looks like Dr. Beeper from like Caddyshack where he's playing with that thing on his belt. Is he sending a signal yes. that tells the catcher? So he's yes. not verbally telling it. He's hitting a button. He's hits, he hits a button on pitch com. Yeah. So he hit a button on pitch com. Just so everybody knows. I thought that's what he was doing, but I wanted to clarify. So you see him fidgeting with his belt like he's got like an itch or something at his waistline. And he's actually pushing a button that's communicating from his waistband to the catcher's earplug about what pitch is coming. And to the middle infielders. All right. Very cool. Very, Sorry. very cool. Thank yeah. You for, thank you for confirming what I thought was right. But it just it just makes me laugh the way he is so stoic out there when he's like tapping on his belt. <laughs> and I'm like, what's he doing? What's he doing right there? It's so M- funny to me. Makes you wonder too, like, you know, because I know there's comps and obviously Hendricks is not Greg Maddox. But can you imagine if Greg Maddox had that technology, how crazy oh, that would be? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Now, All right, sorry to sidetrack it. No, no, it's good. It's good. Good question. But, you know, we talked about this earlier is that when you have good pitchers, you got to get to them early before they settle down. And, and again, the Cubs got those two runs early. Again, uncharacteristic for Woodruff to, you know, uh, with that, with the walk and the leadoff walk and Nico getting clipped by the pitch, you know, wasn't that, didn't hit him that hard or anything like that. But he settled in, right? He settled in. No runs were scored, Dustin, between the fourth through the seventh. The Cubs were leading Dustin two to one at the start of the eighth inning, and they only had two hits. I mean, it's crazy. That's unbelievable. Right. That's absolutely, it's absolutely crazy. Really, you know, almost disappointing, right? That they would only have two hits and still, and still be in a position to end up pulling out this ball game. Right. Julian Merriweather came into the game in the seventh. He faced four batters. He got two of them to strike out. He's looking good. So he leaves the game with one out in the eighth, and David Ross hands the ball to Mark Leiter Jr. He got Leiter got Carlos Santana to pop out for the second out of the inning, but then Sal Frelick singled, stole second, and then Leiter walked the next two batters, William Willie Adamas and Rowdy Telez to load the bases. Manager David Ross had seen enough. He calls on Albert Alzlai to get the final four outs, but on the 0-1 pitch, one gets away from Alzlai. He hits Mark Canna to tie the game. Um, Alzali would get Tehran to fly out to end the threat, but Dustin, I know I got a text from you right away when that uh, happened. Right away, I got it. T- I <laughs> sent you a text. My wife sent me a text. She was in Carline waiting to pick up the youngest daughter. Lots of uh, words that we will decide not to say on the podcast were going on. Certainly, words that we can't say on the score. Yeah, it was. It was. You know, it's really tough in that position because you have no margin for error, and you're just coming in the game and trying to get used to your pitches. Alzali's been fantastic. It just stunk that that's. That, that, you know, Leiter's been very good too, and it just stunk that that's how it played out. But you know what? Instead of the quitting, the Cubs come right back in the bottom right of the back. eighth. Right back. Pinch hitter Christopher Morrell reached on a fielding error, so they get one. Um, they make a mistake. And Mike Talkman walks, 
And then, Dustin, I sent you a text because Nico would bunt them over <laughs> to second and third. As soon as he went for the first one, I, you know, that's what's so crazy about this. I thought of you immediately. As soon as he went for the first one, I thought of you. Oh, I'm going, I'm just yelling because I, I so then look what happens, Dustin. Ian Happ hits a fielder's choice. The runners got moved over to second, third, but Ian Happ, you now have one out. Then Ian Happ hits a fielder's choice. Rowdy Teles throws home. He gets Morrell. And now the Cubs have two outs and runners at the corners. I just think it's a dumb idea. You gave your that now you have two outs. And then this, I'm gonna say, Dustin, and I want you, I want your opinion on this here, okay? Because you know, Wrigley Faithful is on their feet. Right-hander Joel Payam is on the mound, okay? Brewers manager Craig Council elects to pitch to Cody Bellinger. Okay, so it's a righty-lefty matchup. Cody Bellinger has, I think, more RBIs than anyone in the month of August. Dansby Swanson, who strikes out all the time, is hitting right behind him. Would you have pitched? Uh, would you have walked maybe Bellinger to get to, to Dansby? I might have. And earlier in the game, I think they were pitching around Dansby. They did that a couple times in this series. I just don't understand why you would. You know what we we've talked about letting a guy beat you in this situation. If Dansby beats me, then Dansby beats me. You know, tip of the hat. I'm not going to let Bellinger do it. Um, but you know what? It, it, it worked out like council wanted, except for a little fluke. Cody hits one up the middle. The infielder is going to absolutely get this ball and end the inning. But the, as the pitcher lands, his foot lands, the ball bounces off of his heel and ricochets towards third. Bellinger beats the throw and the Cubs retake the lead. As Harry Carey used to say, the good Lord wants the Cubs to win. <laughs> <laughs> now we get to the ninth it's never easy the leadoff hitter andrew montessario hits one in between first and second bellinger makes the play but the throw to albert covering the bags offline that's an error on belly like you said rough game but then adbert will get christian yelich i thinking oh my god this guy's gonna hit a home run and yeah. just play the bad guy but he grounds into a double play but then you think William Contreras would just let us walk off into the sunset? No, he draws a walk, but Carlos Santana grounds out to end the game. Dustin, that is Cubs Brewers. This is absolutely what you would expect. And I did want to kind of take this quote here a little bit about uh, Nico Horner. He was talking about the game in the ninth inning of the Steel versus Burns game, game two. He was talking about the pitch com in his hat. That's what we were talking about, where you can hear the pitches right. and hit the buttons. He says, the pitch com in my hat goes to 20 on the max volume. That's what Nico said. He said, I hadn't gotten past 18, but I was in 20 in that last inning just to be able to hear the pitch that they were going to throw. <laughs> it was pretty cool. It's just amazing here. This, Dustin, I know game one wasn't great. But boy, game two and three was exciting baseball. If you brought somebody that was never a fan of baseball to a game like that, that that's going to make them a convert. And, no. and cheers to the Cub fans who were really cheering this team on in game two and three. I thought the Brewers had the confidence going in. They had the pitchers they wanted going in. And, and you know, I just felt that they were confident, even when they were behind, that they would come from behind, and it didn't happen. The Cubs stopped them in their tracks. Yeah, and I'm usually not a uh, big fan of a one nothing game, but that one nothing game, and it was only two hours and 30 minutes. It felt like it was about three hours and 40 minutes, and not in a bad way. 
I don't mean that in a bad way, but it just seemed you're on the edge of your seat. These are, these are playoff type games. And the great news is, is that the Cubs are involved and these games matter. Uh, they always matter to guys like you and me, but now they matter to everybody. You know, my mom's weighing in. I'm sure your mom's weighing in. Your wives are weighing in. People at work are weighing in. It's a good time right now, Crowley, to be a Cubs fan. 